If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And guess what? It's free. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I ended up dating this guy for a time period. We talked all the time, like literally it was the craziest thing. And I was like, see, I knew it. I was like, I knew it. This is my person. That's why this didn't work out because this is my person. Like, we, we, he, he's just it. He's connected on this total level. And after a while, you know, because at first I didn't care because I wasn't trying to do anything. I started realizing that I could only call a certain times and I did not really technically see him all the time on the weekend. And holidays were coming up and we really didn't spend holidays together. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's really weird. But it was like, oh, but we FaceTime all the time and we do all these different things and he liked me so much. And then I Googled him. Well, I didn't really Google him. I did something. I searched for him. <laughs> and he was married. Our stories are what make us unique but they're also what connect us as human beings. It's time to stop talking and start listening. This is You Talk, I'll Listen with Shannon Chapman. On this episode, we're going to be talking to somebody who's very special to me. Her name is Jennifer Clark, and she has been my bestie for about 18 years now, which is so hard to believe. But she's been part of my story, and I wanted to talk to her about a part of her story that 40 to 50% of married couples in the U.S. experience, and that's divorce. Um, I don't think that you've ever really spoken about this, even to me, so... I am interested in hearing what you have to say about it. Hello, Shan, my my bestie for life. Um, I am excited about doing this. I haven't. Um, I've shared bits and pieces of this with people that are close to me um, because, you know, it's just a good thing to share. Um, but I'm hoping in doing this of me healing and becoming more self-aware that I can actually help other people who may be dealing with different issues or different emotions and, and thought process that maybe they don't think is normal. Maybe I can normalize it and, and help them get through it the way that I'm still getting through it. So hopefully this is good for the both of us and I'm excited to be your first guest. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. So Jen, tell me a little bit about what your hopes and dreams were when you first got into your marriage. I just, I, I guess at that point, we had been through so much. Like, we went through so many different things, and not necessarily with us. I mean, we barely argued. Like, we really did barely argue. Um, I mean, we had, I mean, issues. I mean, of course. But 
But I mean, as far as like full on fights and arguments, we didn't really have them. So, um, I, you know, unfortunately, like most people do, there's an expectation of when you get married, things will change or the things that you have an issue with will be different because now I'm a wife and he's a husband. And so that's how we're going to act accordingly. And you don't realize that that's not really how it goes. And I think that's what the problem is, is the expectations of things being, you know, a marriage. Like, oh, we're going to get through everything. We're so in love that there's nothing that can break us down. We're going to talk it all the way out and we're going to be perfect. And and that was my expectation. It was that no matter what, we were going to be fine. And and things are going to be different. And it wasn't. Yeah, I can definitely identify with that. I think um, yeah. a lot of people when they get married, they have those misconceptions about it. Like, think you're right. always supposed to have butterflies, um, that you're always going to be in love and like, love can conquer anything. Um, yeah, but it's I think, not. Uh, yeah, I've learned yeah. different. Not that I don't love my husband. I love him of very course. much. I mean, and that's the thing. It's not even about that. And I think that's what gets misconstrued about it is people assume because, I mean, now everybody's situation is different. Like I said, my, my situation um, is kind of a, I guess, kind of a unique situation because of who, you know, we both are as people. But um, that that misconception of things happening in your marriage because you don't love each other really isn't true. Right. I mean, and I've I've learned that, and I think I had that expectation before, like, oh, but I can make somebody love me because I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do these things and these things, but we're still two separate people coming together, so it's, it doesn't really work like that. Like, right. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fix everything. USA Today says that some common reasons for divorce are lack of commitment, infidelity, arguing growing apart and money. Uh, why do you think so many marriages fail? And like, where did yours fall short? Um, I, I, okay. I would say, I feel like, again, mine was the, the, the high expectations of someone that didn't exist. And, and I think it went both ways. I think we both had expectations of what we wanted, what we wanted, we thought the person was going to be instead of who that person actually was. Um, now for me, mainly it was infidelity on my side of it because that caused me to, um, question a lot of things that I shouldn't have had to question and a lot of things that I didn't, shouldn't have to deal with. Um, and I think sometimes infidelity causes a way deeper issues than sex and I think sometimes people think oh well it's sex with this person or y'all must not be having enough sex or it's not even really that it's it's a whole deeper meaning to it because most of the time it's, it's them emotionally checking out and then if they're checking out from you now you're not getting you're not getting fulfilled and then you checked out and then it's kind of like y'all are fighting about something and you have an outside factor and so um between I mean and everything else just kind of falls into place I mean you don't have I mean I would assume like a husband that's head of household I still believe that and when money is a factor it kind of falls on them like it's both of y'all but it really falls on them and as a man 
um, if you can't, you know, reach all those different things that, that falls on the type of mentality you have in your, in your marriage. And so if you feel inadequate or if, if, you know, your wife is making you feel inadequate, then maybe you're going to someone who you don't really have those expectations with. And so I think they all kind of fall into each other. Um, I know, like I said, that, that for me personally, um, it was, it was like the infidelity, the, you know, it, there was, to me, there was no compromise. There was no like, um, I don't want to say it's no compromise, but it was, to me, it wasn't enough. Like, I expected it to be like, we fight for this to death. Like, if it's going to end, we know we gave it a million percent. And so I felt like I was the only one that gave the million percent, you know? And so I think, um, and I think that's what happened. And sometimes, like, especially, I know for me, like, when you've done everything, you don't really want to do anything. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens. You kind of fall back so far that you check out of it and hope that the other person picks up their slack and they don't. Um, so I think I think all those things correlate into just being married and how much you want to fight for it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like a lot of those things can lead into each other. And then, yeah. I mean, haven't experienced divorce, but just my thoughts like all of those things just kind of lead to the downfall of um, right everything um, yeah I mean I, I I even like and people and I joke around with people well not even really jokingly I always say people don't leave because somebody keeps it and it's true like majority of the people even if they say oh this person teach on me that's usually not why they actually filled out paperwork in the board unless it was something so extreme where like you walked in on it they got somebody pregnant or they, you know, um, I, I don't know, something extreme. Most of the time it's not that. It's a, it's a it's a slew of things that happen that is based on that from each party. Like, you never know. Like, like I said, all guys, are, I mean, you know, I, I don't say all guys, but all people, I mean, everybody's not cheating just to be cheating. Some people, it is an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's a million different reasons. And they're unhappy. Like somebody's always, somebody's unhappy and it's causing the other person to be unhappy. And like I said, if you don't want to fight for it, all those things come into play regardless of how, how much love you have in it. Mm -hmm. And that definitely goes back to expectations because mm -hmm. if your expectation is that, you know, we, we're going to fight for it through thick and thin and, you know, no matter what happens, like we're going to work on it and we're going to make it better but then the other person doesn't want to do that, then, I mean, how do you make it work? And that's the thing. Like, some somebody has to fight. I mean, you both have to fight. And I feel like, even to this day, I feel like there was definitely still fight left. I don't ever, I don't think there was any chance that it was something where it was just like, I hate you, you hate me, this is just what it is. It was, it was never like that. And I think people, it's easier to give up when you don't have to deal with problems because if you get out of whatever you're in and, and are able to reconnect with someone else or or do something with someone else then you don't really care about what you had it's not really necessary but you know for the person that is really in it they're the one that fight for it they it, it, it's only so much you can fight for and that's just what it comes. And like I said my situation is probably totally different 
than all the other people that I, you know, that go through divorce. I don't know, but I know in my situation, um, I do feel like there was definitely fight available. So, um, but you know, I mean, you can't make someone, you can't make people happy like that. And that's the reality of it. And I think that's also part of it. People think getting married makes you happier or having a partner makes you happier. And it doesn't. Right. But the only person that can make you happy is you. It's not that other person. Right. But the other person can most definitely make you unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) So they can make they can definitely do things to make you unhappy. But you can do things to make them unhappy and that's that's the reality of it. Like we're not you know, it's in in going back to, you know, knowing that you're ready to get married, I mean we could have easily I could have called this years ago. Like I I could have seen this end result, even though like I said, in my perspective, I thought it was gonna be a fight to the death. I mean, if I look back, I could have called this years and years before this, and it had nothing to do with how much we loved each other or how much we cared about each other, just how it, it flowed. Like, I gave, I think, and this is also part of it, um, you know, you sometimes you lose yourself so much trying to make it happen and create it and become a wife and and get in it that you lose yourself and and I and you don't even know who you are you you become all of this because your main objective is just trying to keep your marriage and you get so lost in it and wrapped up in it that it's not even you anymore like you're not even you like you don't even know who you are and because we dated so young um you know we dated out of college so it's like we grew up together and we talked about we talked about that like we grew uh, literally grew up together we came out of college like my last couple years in Georgia Southern into all all our adult life we spent it creating each other and so but we never I don't think we ever were able to fully be individuals and I think that had I I don't think we did enough to encourage each other to be separate I think we focused so much on what we did together and and it was it almost became like selfish because I'm like no you need to be this and you need to be that and you need to be this and then I I feel as though he felt like I can't be this I don't want to be this I don't want to be that and it just it was just a conflict it that's why I said it it really has nothing to do with love or anything it's just that's just how it goes so then like what is that breaking point if you're fighting. And like you're trying to be committed to each other and fight for your marriage. What is that breaking point? We honestly checked out long before we got separated. Because I remember thinking, I I kept thinking like, maybe I don't want, I didn't want to buy things long term. Like I didn't want to get tickets for stuff. I didn't want to think about different holidays because I kept thinking we we probably won't be together anyway. And that's literally how I was thinking. And within a year before we even separated. so. Um, I think, I think you just get tired. I think you really just get tired and, and I don't think, and it took a lot, like, don't get me wrong. (laughs) It took a lot for me to be tired. And I mean, an extreme, and even looking back now, it was an extreme amount of stuff to the point of me being physically sick of dealing with everything like it's almost it's only so much you can do until you're just like okay now if both of y'all are fighting I don't know like I I, like I said I 
I think it just come it you know it honestly it just became a convers it was just a regular conversation. And I think that was the breaking point. It was a regular time. Con- it was not an argument. It wasn't even a discussion. It literally was like do you want to be married? And no, okay. Like it was it was no fight left. Like I mean, I think maybe I suggested like a couple of days later that we do therapy and he didn't want to do it, but that's I mean he he probably was at his breaking point where he was just like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. And so, and we never discussed it. And that's the thing, like, I think, and that always surprises people when I tell them, like, we had one conversation and that was it. We didn't, re- we didn't reconcile. We didn't con- have another conversation about it a couple months later or a year later. We never talked about it again. Like when we separated, that was the end. Now the podcast is about stories. So I want to know what stories do you have about this experience that people would be like, wow, I can't believe you went through that. I was near his job where he worked and I went to his job to um, order food and have drinks and just to hang out for the day. Not necessarily with him, but I was just out that day. Um, And his current girlfriend came up there because she found out I was there. I'm not sure what she was trying to do. You know, it's in my friendship clause. I don't fight. So he <laughs> he basically, you know, told her like, hey, don't like she she tried to speak to me but it didn't work and he basically told her like, hey, don't don't do this. So she sat by herself. Well meanwhile there was a bartender there that I was actually joking around with like the whole day. Um, and then she, me and her just went back and forth about the new girl and just thought it was hilarious. And in hindsight, he ended up marrying her. So technically it was like your wife, your girlfriend and your sidekick all at the same restaurant. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wait, so this was before the divorce. Yeah, we hadn't even got divorced. We were separated. We had okay. been separated for a while. Because we stayed separated for a couple of years. Um, because I wanted to and that's that is one thing I will say for anybody that's listening, even considering it, um, don't rush to get a divorce because it's and, and people will say what's taking so long, what is the problem. To me, waiting until you're mentally and emotionally able to deal with it. I think take as long as you want to. And it had nothing, you know, people accuse me of being like, oh, I'm waiting on him or I think we're going to get back together. But I, I am thankful that I had one person that was able to tell me, like, take as much time as you want to because you have to be in a good space. Like, I don't think people realize um, the extent of the actual divorce and not the separation part not the after part but the actual day that you sign that paper is very is a very tough day and it's not it, it, I mean like I said it ended up not being so tough for me but I could not imagine it doing it any sooner um and so um I definitely will say that but yeah we were separated for a couple of years the separation was worse than the actual marriage and I don't know why, but I don't, I think because I went into the separation and this is an honest, transparent moment, but I went into the separation thinking that he would go off and separate himself and grow on his own 
and maybe possibly really think about, you know, really get himself together and, you know, really, really like just arrive and then maybe be like, okay, let's see what we can do. You know, like I, I honestly thought that's what we were going to do in the beginning. So finding out that the intention was never that, um, that and having to deal with, you know, him moving on to other in, in other relationships was kind of like, okay, so how far down can this marriage get? You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, at that point I was over it, like I said, but it's just a point that I just think, um, I think that was it. So like just dealing with the crazy scenarios of him moving on, like were probably the craziest parts of it. Um, and that kind of goes back to expectations too, because you're expecting like y'all are going to work on yourselves and then possibly come back and reconcile. But then I did. I really did. I really, again, I think that's why I was so, um, for, um, you know, the separation because I was thinking, man, okay, whew, maybe we can take a break and, you know, like, you know, let's just see where, where our head is. Maybe we can, you know, try to get ourselves together separately and then try to see if we even want to work this out. But that's not what happened. And I think that that probably was the worst part of it, thinking like that, that it, that things that I wanted with this person they were easily able to just move it on to another person and then move it on to another person and then move it on to another person. You know what I mean? And it was just kind of like, for me, I couldn't even fathom getting into a full-term, long-term situation with anybody because I hadn't thought about it. And so that goes into the rest of my story um, <laughs> is getting back into dating. You realize you're not as cool as you thought you were. <laughs> because <laughs> the person that has been with you for all these years um, has fed your ego to think you're awesome because they're supposed to, because that's what they do, because you marry them. And so instead, you get back out in the dating world 10, 10, 15 years later and realize that you are not that awesome and that people don't like how you talk or how you wear your hair or how you dress or whatever it is because you're literally stuck as that 20 year old that they were dating because you never even grew into yourself and I feel like that's what happened is that I didn't even know myself and so but I knew I didn't do any I mean I don't want to say I didn't do anything wrong but <laughs> I didn't feel like I I felt like I cried and so I feel, all my hope is romantic. I love being in love. So I felt like, okay, well, let me get back out here because I need to find my person, like the person that's willing to be my person. And, but I did not know myself. And, and I was just so like, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship anyway. I don't really care. I'm not asking any questions. I just want somebody to hang out. I just want to relax. And I ended up dating this guy for a time period we talked all the time like literally it was the craziest thing and I was like see I knew it. I was like I knew it this is my person that's why this didn't work out because this is my person like we we he, he's just it he's connected on this total level and 
after a while, you know, because at first I didn't care because I wasn't trying to do anything. I started realizing that I could only call certain times and I did not really technically see them all the time on the weekend and holidays were coming up and we really didn't spend holidays together. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's really weird. But it was like, oh, but we FaceTime all the time and we do all these different things and he liked me so much. And then I Googled him. Well, I didn't really Google him. I did something. I searched for him (laughs) and he was married. And it was very shocking and a very painful situation because, and that probably hurt worse than me getting a divorce. And I shouldn't say that, but, (laughs) but it was the fact that you don't, you're just so naive coming out of these situations that, and I think this is how, like I, I tell people all the time, like there's a dark place when you get divorced because you go from being somebody's like number one top you know hey I, I'm, I'm home I'm at work I'm I'm getting this eat like they need to know your every movement they're in your life you're you're just top priority for them and when you get divorced um and I say this with people thinking like I'm saying you don't have anybody but you're like literally nothing like you scribble down to zero and you don't mean top priorities I'm like yes I have great friends I've always had great friends I have family I have a great support system that was never the issue but going from being somebody's top number one to dropping down to literally where you're driving you're just driving home for work nobody cares if you got home from work so so I think and but if you don't sit in that and understand that like okay let me just sit in this dark space. Let me be emotional. And I mean, it's like a death. It's like mourning the death of your marriage. So and if you don't sit in it, that's how people get remarried so quickly. And that's how people get in these situations with like an abusive person or a mentally abusive person or these different things because it's that need to be a part of somebody's life again because you've had it so long and you don't know what it's even life without that is, is different. And it's really different. And and like I said, not knowing knowing myself and not understanding that that's what that was. Like I literally took it with a grain of salt with him because I thought I knew I didn't. Literally, my thought was I knew I didn't do anything wrong in my marriage. I am great. Look at this person; he's great. And then I found out he's somebody else's. And and so in finding that out, the hard part about it is letting that go because now you're on the other end of it like you I went from being a wife who was getting cheated on to being a sidekick <laughs> to that girl and it was kind of like what the heck like how do you even like you and I saw it and so it's like now I have a whole different perspective because now I've seen it I've seen it from both ends of it. I've seen what the per- the husband does when he's cheating, and I've seen what the husband does when he's cheating with me. Like, it was just the craziest thing to to go through, and that probably was the most, I say, like, changing moment of it um, in general, because it was just like, let me just back all the way out of all of it and start over and clear the slate and, and just refocus. So. That's my story. <laughs> uh, that is an interesting perspective to have to be on both sides of it. Um, so it was very interesting, and the, and the thing is, is you don't like divorce mentality 
is a lot different. And I think sometimes it's hard to explain to someone who is currently in a loving marriage or getting engaged or looking for that person that they want to marry because you know, I joke around when people are like, oh, I'm on my second marriage and I still want to get married because I'm always like, but you told that person that you love them and that they were the love of your life and that I want to spend the rest of it. And it's hard for me even now to process telling someone else, oh, no, you're the love of my life. You're the person. You see what I'm saying? Because I've already did it. And right. so I think being and I hate to call myself a side chick, but when you when you go through that or you end up with guys that are dating people or in just in bad situations in general, when you haven't been through a divorce, you don't think the same way. So like I literally didn't ask questions because I didn't care. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get remarried. I didn't want anything. I I mean and it and it wasn't even just him. It was whoever like just trying to date in general was putting me in these positions because I did not care. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't care. I don't have a commitment to way because I've already done it, been there, done that, moved on. And so in doing that, you start to see like, okay, wait a minute. This is how people get in these situations where, you know, they're, they're the side chick and they're okay with it. And I'm not condoning being the side chick because I don't want to sound like it is, but I'm saying this is how people get in situations. And, and people don't get it or they don't understand it. And I'm not talking about the girl who's like, oh, I can get your man and whatever. Not that kind of thing where they get in these situations where they have no idea because they don't ask. Because they're like, okay, well, I'm not trying to be with you anyway. And then, honestly, after a while, it just gets old. Like, the whole thing just gets old. So, to me, just dating in general after divorce is just horrific. <laughs> It's horrific, and I don't, I don't have an end, end game for that. So, mm. um, so you mentioned that when you first got divorced and you stepped out there, that you didn't have any real goal to get married again. What made you change that attitude? Um. I, a lot of self-awareness, to be honest. It it was a lot. And, and I'm, when I say self-awareness, I mean the truth about yourself. And even now, like to to today is what I'm saying. Because I think, like I when I told people things that I feel like I could have did differently in my marriage or things that I could have handled differently, things that I learned from it, people assume that I'm trying to say, he did nothing wrong and it's not that it's just that you don't always have to be the victim in every situation and that was the one thing I hated about going through a separation divorce is that everybody automatically made me the victim everybody automatically made him be the terrible oh he was so awful and you're the victim are you okay like no I I mean it was a marriage we did it together we ended it together um and that's just how it went I can always pinpoint things about it that maybe I should have done differently. Um, and it's still a work in progress. I think I just got to the point I originally, it's it, like I said, it's still hard for me to think um, of doing it again. But at the same time, I just definitely feel like I I know what I can bring to the table. And I just, I just deep down feel like there's a guy that can can do that. And maybe I needed age with it. Maybe I needed time with it. 
And so I think I just kind of grew up and like, you know, it's not realistic that I'm going to say, I don't want to be alone. So I'm not going to stay alone for 40, 50 years or however long I'm here. So I think just the thought process of like, okay, I, I know what I deserve and I know what other people can provide. And so I just got to find my one person that is willing to battle this with me. And that's, that's the thing, not fall in love with me. I mean, I mean, who who's not going to fall in love? No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's not about them falling in love. I need somebody who is going to just want to fight this out with me for the rest of our life. And I feel like that person does exist. Now, where he is, I don't know if he's listening. Could you please just <laughs> leave that girl alone, that toxic girl, and just come to me? No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> I don't know where he is. I don't know if I've already met him. I could have already met him already. I don't. I have no idea what the end game is. I don't know if there is happiness after divorce. I can tell you, being a being coming into my own has made me be fulfilled. And so with that, I think comes the other person. And I feel like as long as I stay on my journey to continue to make myself as great and awesome and and amazing as possible and, and, and conquer the things that, like I said, I mean, when you come out of it, you realize there's so many things that I wanted to be, wanted to do. And now I just sit here every day and think, man, what was it that I really wanted to do? And what can I do to get to it? And what do I really want to do in my life? What's my, what's my goal? What's my purpose? And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on that now so that whoever it is, if I'm on the right path for me that I feel like God has set for me, that person will be there on that path and we'll just keep it moving. So I just think that, and like, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, and it's, crazy as it sounds <laughs> me me and my ex we we still and and he probably would say the same exact thing we share a different type of connection that will never go away it will never go away we have laughed about it we have talked about even when we were married and we ever said we were divorced we have a different type of something that I feel like we were put in each other's lives for a reason so it's never been a negative Thing, if many negative things that has happened, I can't, I can't um, break that. And it could be, you know, what people feel like are soul ties or whatever it is. But that it's, it's an unbreakable thing. And I mean, it just is what it is. So I just don't ever feel like I'm meant to be alone. So just a lot of self awareness. <laughs> and truthfulness in, in things that you do is I feel like how you can think you can get remarried <laughs> I'll let you know when I get remarried <laughs> <laughs> no but definitely like you can't depend on somebody else for your happiness so you have no. to figure out what makes you happy and I guess right. that's what you're doing right now and what you want and you know what and that's that's the other thing that comes with it because you know getting married so soon you want it to last forever but because it didn't you you try to figure out okay what do I actually want and what and not even what I want what do I need like what do I need out of this like what makes me feel loved like do I really need to be called 
every hour or is it just me thinking I need to, you know, be, excuse me, be called every hour or is it, um, you know, it's, it's like my wants now, like, like people that I've dated previously, I could never date now. And that's because I've become aware and I'm, I'm way more vocal because you've already done it. And you, it's like, to me, getting divorced is kind of like you've already done it. <laughs> like, so, so you're done. Like you, you've already did what would make people upset or you've already been through the heartbreak. So at this point, I say whatever I want to or I deal with whoever I want to. And if I don't want to deal with you or you're not doing what you're supposed to, I'm so okay with saying, um, I don't like how you do this. I don't want you to do this. This, my communication skills have went through the roof now because at this point I don't want to get stuck in anything again and I don't want to um, I don't want to feel like I had to you know soften my voice to, to make you happy I've learned that no matter what you say people are going to love you people are going to stay around whoever wants to be around will be around and so if you don't like it, I say I don't like it, or that's not what I want to do, or you're wasting my time. And and I think by doing that, it helps me to see like, listen, there has to be somebody better than this. Or you, if they really like you, or they really love you, people will do anything for people they love, and that's just the reality for it. And so when they don't, that's just not what it is. Yeah, and I think um, everybody has something. Like everybody has some kind of quirk or something that's that other people have to tolerate about them. And I guess uh-huh. you have to figure out what can you tolerate about this person and what is like a non-negotiable. Um, right. And you know what? And the thing is funny that you just said that because I was going to hit on that because I learned back in, in family development in the class I took and they talk about negotiables and non-negotiables. And that sometimes when sometimes when you get into a relationship with people, you negotiate things that technically are on your non-negotiables. And I feel like if I was to write a list of non-negotiables and he would have wrote a non-negotiable list, we probably negotiated them to the point where they weren't okay. And so I think that's what people do. Even if it's, I don't know, let's say you wanted to have kids and you get married and that person is like, eh, I don't know. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't know. And then you start, and then y'all never have kids. Well, you negotiated your non-negotiable. Yeah, some people can be okay with that. But if it really was a non-negotiable for you, you really can hold that resentment for that person. And it, and it harbors in you. And so I think that's what happened. Things that you really, really put as, oh, well, I, I mean, they can not do this. It's fine. Like, it's not even that big of a deal. Or oh, they just smoke cigarettes. It's it's okay. Like, it's not, I don't care about smoking cigarettes. And then you realize, like, oh, my God, I don't even want to be with a cigarette smoker. Like, and, that, and you know, that that happens. And that's what, that's why I sat down. My, my required, I don't even want to call them requirements, but things that I tolerated in my marriage and things that I tolerated dating the person that I dated to be married are not things that I would date someone that had right now. Um, because I found out in dealing with that, like, I really don't like it. <laughs> and it's not a, 
I really don't like it. And see, what happens is I really don't like it turns into I'm going to make your life miserable because I don't like it. But I didn't tell you I didn't like it. I'm telling you now, though, and I expect you to change. And that's not how it works. Yeah, that's big right there. And then all those things lead to some of those reasons we talked about before, like the lack of commitment and the infidelity and arguing. Yeah. And, you know, and and arguing. And and you know what? And I, and I just literally just said this the other day people, uh, like, whatever you're arguing about when you're dating, whatever concerns you have about when you're dating, if the person is not adapting to those concerns, they're not going to adapt to them when you're married. And I think that's one of the biggest, to me, expectations, going back to your original question of marriage, is that you assume that these arguments just magically disappear, and they don't. Like, I, I can honestly say me and my ex conversation when we separated was just the same as when we were dating and when we were engaged and when we first got married like like nothing changed like nothing like it looked exactly the same and that and I literally said that like after we finished I was just like we still talking about this <laughs> like we're still talking because people people don't change like people can change their habits and people can adapt and people can adjust but people do not change certain things about them and when you don't address them and you take it for something else once you get married you're kind of like wait I, I thought you were going to stop doing this because I don't like it and they're like no I had I was never going to stop doing it. and now you're dealing with it and aggravated and annoyed but they never showed you anything different from the beginning it's just that you had this false sense of who they we're going to be <laughs> and, and it was never going to happen that way. What would you say are the biggest misconceptions about divorce? For one, that you don't love each other. Um, I think, I think, and again, this is from my experience and hopefully from both ends of it, because I hate to be talking to both of us, but um, I think sometimes that people say they don't love each other. It's, it's not always that. I don't think it always has to be negative. I know that I tend to be a way more positive, patient person um, than most. Um, I don't really deal with a lot of negative situations. I don't like negativity in some in those kind of things. So the smooth, the quicker I can smooth things over, the better. I can pretty much message him now if I wanted to, and he would respond. Um, we actually seen each other in Walmart, which is crazy. For the first time <laughs> since our since we said well since definitely since our divorce we saw each other for the first time in Walmart like during quarantine it was an interesting conversation it was like hey hey we caught up and we left and when I told people everybody was like oh my god so how do you feel like you know did it did it do it I'm like no nothing you know like it was not it was just it not every divorce is nasty or messy or I hate you, you know, or I, anything, I can't stand to see you. It doesn't always have to be like that. I don't feel like it's the end. Now, I did not have any children or anything like that, so I'm sure that people with kids have a different perspective of how divorce ends, but I think I definitely think there is love after divorce. I don't think it's like a scarlet letter that you walk around with, because um, I feel like sometimes people think it's a a, a hindrance for other people but I mean 
no one I ever I know that ever cares about it. Um, but I I definitely think there's love after it. I don't. I mean, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> but I definitely think there is. But it doesn't always have to be played out in the world. It doesn't always have to be so drastic. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know we try to kill each other. Sometimes it just is what it is, and it's just life. That probably comes with a little bit of healing though as well because I would think that like if you're if you both have high emotions that that could also cause um some friction there you know what I I think you know and I I and I joke about the fact that we only had that had that one conversation and we never back and forth I think sometimes that back and forth is what hinders the healing process um I think that, you know, that whole, like, like, like how I said originally, I thought that's what Clint, you know, what he might do. Now, mind you, I had not had a conversation with him of them. This is just me doing, like I said, this whole expectation thing. Um, But once I realized that that wasn't what was going to happen within a week um, (laughs) due to all outside factors. But once I realized that wasn't what he was doing. It, there was no back and forth. There was no, um, you know, conversation back and forth of the I love yous or we should work it out or having sex. Like, I think, I think when, especially, you know, I don't say, especially as women, I think when we go back and forth, it, it just hinders the emotional healing of it because you keep going back to that place. And I think when you have a good time with that person, it kind of puts you back in that mindset, like, Oh, well, see, I knew he was a good person and I knew he was good to me and he loves me. Well, the love isn't the problem. And so I think sometimes people going back and forth, trying to work it out, trying to um, just not even trying to really work it out. Like they're, they're just or they randomly having sex every now and then. Like, I think all of that to me is what for us, I feel like helps us continue this as a healing for me. Now, like I said, I don't know his half of it. But I know for me, not entertaining anything with him and not having it, be not, it not being even an option, just it ending and moving on was helpful for me because it was never, I never had to question anything or question his motive or, you know, him being manipulative. Like he didn't do anything to me in the process. Like it was clear as day what we both want, what, you know, what happened and, it, it was no no lies, no anything. So I didn't have to deal with that. I didn't have to deal with the emotion of that. And like I said also earlier about being separated, like that separation period, to me, I feel like the separation period is the period of healing um, to prepare to be divorced. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't want to be divorced and bitter and and you know or saying like oh well I just got divorced I just got out of something let me let me heal like no I took my separation period and healed and so when I went in for my divorce like when I finally got my stamp I was good you know what I mean so because I was mentally ready I was emotionally ready it was done this is what needed to happen and I feel like Sometimes people think that they don't use the separation period because people are like, oh, I just want to be divorced from them. I just want to move on. I just want to. But that's what that is. Like, like 
mentally separate yourself like during the separation period and emotionally separate so that you can prepare to be divorced and not wait till you're divorced in a month and now you're just out here in the wind trying to deal with all these different emotions from and trauma and you know whatever else from being married what would you say you went through emotionally do you would you compare your divorce to like um grieving from a loss I do um because and I actually read that like that came from reading something because I tell people all the time like I feel like there's always a booklet on what to expect when you're expecting how to be pregnant how to be married how to get engaged and all these different things but they don't give you the reality of the moments of divorce and like I said emotionally you know going from being a priority in someone's life to not being like literally you know it it was moments where I would leave work and could only make it to the front of the parking lot before I cried all the way home because it was like who cared if I left work or who and and it sounds simple but it's not and and it's way more complicated than that and those are the things that people don't really address with people that are going through separations or divorces because it, it's a it's you're you've been a, been a part of someone for so long like you cook dinner for someone what are we eating today what are we doing this weekend and we 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 even even with us like all the way literally to the day we separated we were still doing things together we still sat there and looked at each other every single night we slept together we did everything so with infidelity becomes okay what was it about me um what was it you know why 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 wasn't I enough for somebody to not do it like all those things come into play and then like I said trying to move on like trying to date and then you're seeing these people that are you know I don't want to say treating you like crap but they're like you know I mean they're dating they're you know, they lie, they say things, they do this, they move on, they might not talk to you, they might not like you. And so you're dealing with all of that. So it's like the self-esteem part of it is very strong because you're just like, where where am I even supposed to be in this? Like, where, like, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't, and for me, I lost a lot of things. Like, you know, I had to totally re- rebuild my life. Like, I had to, you know, just, I had to find somewhere to live. I was commuting. I had to find a new job. Like a lot of things happened to me in that process. And it was good for renewing and, and like being able to rebuild. But it still was very, very hard because then everybody else thinks you're still in regular life and you're really not. And so everybody else kind of thinks, oh, well, you know, like, why is she acting like this? Or why can't she do this? Or why is she thinking this? or what made her do this? But it's really, I'm not, I'm still processing who I am and what happened. Like I'm still, and even to this day, and that's the thing, like I think people think it just magically goes away and it doesn't, regardless of whether I'm over, I mean, I am, I'm totally over my marriage, but I still have to heal every single day because I have to figure out like what, what prevents, you know, just, just me in general, like just knowing I think emotionally it's a it's a lot and I think you have to figure out where like just you like really learning you and I think some people don't want the truth about who you are and that's what I had to do that's what I said and and did and and I dated of course and I I 
got in a relationship and did whatever because sometimes I for me that was helpful to be with other people and to to be around other people but it's still it's a lot it's a lot to take in especially like in my situation where I can see like this was totally fixable you know what I mean like and I still and I will say it over and over again it was totally fixable and I still feel that way I still think it's crazy you know and it's fine because you know I'm not gonna be in something that I no one wants to be in but at the same time I feel like just like everybody else been has just went through it and pushed through it to to make it long term it's like I feel like that could have been a possibility and it did, and all this could have been avoided, but it doesn't. <laughs> so, so it's like an every, it's an everyday thing, and it's not, it's not a rush to be over it just because that person is no good or they're not any, you know, they're they're doing this this X Y Z. People feel like it's a rush to be over it, and like I said, I read that you have to mourn a divorce like a death, and and that's what it is. So I maybe the first couple of days like I literally sat in the dark and cried like I didn't turn on the tv I didn't do anything I just sat in the dark and then I gradually went to work got literally pulled out of the parking lot cried all the way to the next morning like but that was just part of it and I think some people think like oh you're crying about that you know it was he was crap or she was crap and she was this and whatever but it doesn't matter like you still got to go through it and it's it's fine to be emotional. It's fine to cry about it. Like it just it just happens. It's somebody you shared a life with. You shared hopes. You shared dreams with. Right. I mean, you shared everything with that person. So right. I, I, yeah, I can see that. And that's why, like, even when I and even even when I see people who are on there who got remarried super quick or are on their third marriage, all I just think to myself like man had you waited would you still have married that person right so quickly like it, it's easy to because had I had I found the right person super quick I would have been all on board with it but what but would I have been here now where I'm at where I've where I've been able to really dig deep and really figure out like what 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 are my goals like what's my purpose what do I want to do with my life like what kind of example do I want to set like I I've I like being able to talk to people and, and tell them like, here's what I did to heal or here's here's where I am with my um, self-awareness and here's where I am with my self-reflection. And so I think sometimes it's easy to deal with things when someone else is telling you you're great, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're so awesome. Like, of course, people are, when you meet someone, that's what they're going to tell you. And so coming out of something where you feel low and getting with someone who boosts you like that, of course, it sounds really great. And it sounds like it's wonderful, but it doesn't really, I, I would have never rushed into a marriage right after I got married. You know what I mean? After I mean, right after I got divorced, because I feel like that's all that is, is just a filler for not dealing with your emotions. So now on top of that, you, you're in a whole relationship and you're also having to deal with these emotions that you've carried on because because really to me is if you were a bad husband or a bad wife in your first marriage then you rush into a second one then you didn't even try to figure out what you did wrong in the first one you know what I'm saying like if I I know what I did and I still 
felt things that I could do better. And I'm, I'm trying to do those better when I, when, I mean, do that better when I'm dating someone, right? So if you re- rush into a whole new marriage with somebody, you just literally took yourself and you failed. I mean, cause that's what divorce is. You failed the first time and you take all that and you get into a second marriage and you're doing the same thing just with a different person. Like you, you didn't fix anything. You didn't try to figure out like, wait a minute. Okay. Let me see what I might have done wrong or I could have fixed. And so then you take it to the next person and the person isn't feeding into you because you're doing the same thing and you're going to have the same results because you're doing the same thing again. <laughs> and that's what happens. Like, I feel like you got to take time to figure out like, okay, I failed. So let me figure out what I, what do I need to do to prevent this? It's a lot of emotions to it, but people don't know how to deal with their emotions. And that, that's the problem. Yeah. And it's hard to really look at yourself and say, well, you know, maybe I'm really not so good at this. Yeah. And it is. Or maybe like, you know, one of my things I feel like I, like I said, I don't feel like I communicated things that I wanted, or I don't feel like I said, hey, this makes me unhappy and sticking to it. Or or making sure it changed, or following through with a plan to be like, okay, listen, I don't like this, so what do we need to do and fix it? Because I don't like it, and I'm not going to like it. So we need to figure out some other other way around it. Like, it's a lot that goes into it, and that's why it's so hard for me even now to say, like, would I get remarried? Would I, you know, fall in love or do whatever? Because I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know any of it because I don't have the end of it. I'm still in pro- process. Like, I am still figuring it all out. And those self-reflecting, depressing, dark, cold moments where you don't mean anything to anybody, I think is when you really start to think of things you want to do. And so you don't think about the other part. You think, well, what was my goal before this happened? Or what was my passion? Or what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to be in life? Like, what what can I be doing to figure that out? And then you kind of go that route more than what can I do to be in this relationship? And that and I and I I feel like when you get into another relationship, they kind of take that back over where you don't focus so much on yourself again. You're back into focusing for somebody else. So you've been through a lot, obviously, and are still going through some of the healing. Uh, But I do believe that God uses our trials for good. And sometimes we don't understand it all. But what would you say are some of the positives that have come from this situation? I I know for I've always liked helping people and like encouraging people and 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 just but but well, someone recently told me you can't really tell people things unless you've been through the mud. And I feel like prior to all of that, you know, I could say like, "Oh, this is what you should do," and and this is what you should do, and it was all peaches and roses and rainbows. And so now that I've been in the mud, and I mean, and there's so many other things that I, that I went through. Um, you know, in the process up until now, and there's so much that I feel like when I tell somebody something or I try to talk to them or they come to me about something, it's genuine, from the heart, raw, transparent. There's no sugarcoating of myself because I have no reason to anymore. And 
I feel like I that's the positive part that came from it because in all honesty, to me, the Jennifer that was married and who who was dating and and engaged and got married, that girl was created by the person I was with. It wasn't me. And it was never me. And it was all about me as that person's girlfriend and me being that person's wife. And and I wanted stuff, but it wasn't me. And so now I feel like when I talk, it's from inside of me, genuinely, I don't care if, you know, it hurts my feelings or it hurts your feelings or if it makes me look bad. Like if it's something that I can help someone else see in their life and it helps them to reach their goal or their healing process or whatever it is, then I feel like I drug myself out of the mud and I'm still drugging it, dragging myself, but I can at least say, hey, listen, I'm coming from a place where I'm telling you this is this is it. This is what it is. And the thing about it is it makes you not, that's why it, it makes you very aware of other people's feelings because I can tell when somebody has been divorced and they're bitter or they're not healed yet, or they're still a victim. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, you just got to go through your own processes. But I feel like there's, there's ways to just understand it. It's just the understanding of yourself. Like, you're not the same person. Like, you become someone new because you can't be that person anymore. That person died when you got divorced. And so you got to create this whole, you got to dig in there and find out who is 38 year old, you know, 37 year old Jennifer and who is she and what does she want to do and what, who, who do I want to be seen as? And I think that's the positive part to come from it, that I'm probably more me now than I've ever been. And I can only think that I would be more me now um, than next year, but had that never happened, I wouldn't be at this space and I wouldn't be able to tell people you know, about me or do the goals that I want to achieve. I would have never thought about them because I was content with being that person forever because that was the goal in being married. And there's nothing wrong. And like I said, I'm, I'm not being married. I will fight to the end of death before somebody even wants to remotely get a divorce. <laughs> but, but the reality is that that's what you're considering the one thing I wish people had told me when I kept thinking like I need to get out of this is I just couldn't see it. I couldn't I couldn't see what was on the other side. Like it didn't look like anything. Like it looked blank. I couldn't see myself divorced. I couldn't see myself living without him, without you know, I just I just couldn't I couldn't picture it. And that's why I say even for the little we weren't even married that long. Like it was, you know, four three or four years. But it's like I would have never I wouldn't I would have left earlier well uh, I really appreciate you opening up and having this conversation with me but even more than that I really appreciate you being my friend for all these years don't make me cry Shannon um <laughs> yes I always go to check for my emotional bestie and that's why we are spiritually aligned to be together forever because <laughs> You will be the only person that I would have this deep of a nonsense conversation. <laughs> but you got to have a support system because doing it by yourself just ain't it. And, yeah. and and being able to talk about it and, and put it out there and be vulnerable and transparent. There's nothing wrong with it. Nobody, 
nobody thinks anything less of anybody. And so, I mean, and I'm thankful to have you because that has always been your place and that will always be your place. <laughs> and, and, and it just worked out that way. And I'm glad you did this because now maybe somebody will hear this feel okay to be emotionally unstable and that it is okay not to be okay and to fight for what they want. And if it don't work, it just doesn't work. Try again. It's time for the mic drop moment. The first thing that I got from this conversation was that marriage is about more than love. It's about commitment. And both people have to be committed to working it out no matter what in order to make it work. This conversation was also about expectations. Unrealistic expectations can be the death of a relationship or a marriage. If you don't communicate them to your spouse, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment, which can lead to separation or divorce. As human beings, we all seek to be loved and appreciated, but we cannot depend on other people to make us happy. At some point, they're gonna let us down. We have to figure out who we really are, what we can and cannot tolerate, and where our joy comes from. Thanks for joining me. Grace and blessings. Thank you.